you so, oh, yes, amen. Bless you all. Thank you so much. Would you just praise God for the team that continues to help us to worship God? Wow. Last week we began on a journey. In your seat, you should find um, a pamphlet, actually a brochure in your seat. And if by chance you don't have one, ask and they'll be happy to accommodate you. If, if you'll pick that up and just browse just for a second, it's the journey that we've all de decided last week that we're starting together on this journey. And I want to continue on that journey today. And uh, if you see any hands, ushers, thank you for serving them. Thank you. I appreciate it. We have some on this side also. And we want you to keep that. Don't do anything with it yet. Just keep it. Just read it. And we started our prayer last week, praying and talking to God about the journey, the journey of discipleship, the journey of generosity that God is leading us upon. And I'm so grateful to God for it. I thank God for what he's doing. I thank the Lord for many of you that I've had the wonderful opportunity to talk with you personally and uh, to sit in living rooms and conference rooms and, and share. It's been really awesome. Um, I am so thankful for who you are and what God has given us together. And we're going to continue on this journey because it's one that will change your life. Last week, last week, I had you speak to each other and say, if you want to live, follow me. Find somebody, find somebody, extend your hands, and if you want to live, follow me. I'm sorry that some of you missed it last week. You might want to catch it on live streaming. But it's a journey, and it's, it's, it's what the Lord does. It's what he continues to do with every one of our lives. He keeps extending his hand. He's, he keeps saying to you and I, follow me. And if you have the courage, and if you can unload your heavy burden, and if you can take on what he gives you, then you'll have the ability to follow him. And, and oh my God, what he promises when we choose to follow him. And so this week I want you to, I want you to continue on the journey. Make up in your mind, Lord, I'm going all the way. There was a song that Andre Crouch wrote back in the 80s, I believe. And I think we were singing it. I don't know if you remember. Some of you might be too young, I mean, to, to, to remember Andre Crouch. But he wrote a song that says, I'm testing to see how many of you remember. All the way, I'm going all the way, no matter what. Tomorrow brings. You do remember. I'm going all the way. So don't even try to turn me around. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and, and it's like what happens to you if he invites you to come and follow me. By the way, if the Lord asks you to follow him, Get ready for an adventure. Tell your neighbor, when God asks you to follow him, get ready for an incredible adventure. And if by chance your life is not as exciting as you want it to be, it might be that you've lost contact with the one who's leading you into places where you've never gone to see things you've never seen, to participate in things you've never done, to behold wonders that otherwise you never would have seen. And he keeps saying to us, 
follow me. Uh, I don't know how many of you are, I asked last week how many of you were Terminator fans. I had about 80% of you who were at some point in your life a Terminator fan. I'm also, and, and before Terminator came out, there was another series of, of, of movies that came out. And I, be, in fact, I was looking for a hat so I could wear the hat, his hat. And I was thinking about getting me a whip so I could have his, his whip. But how many of you remember Indiana Jones? I mean, you might have to be just a little bit more seasoned for it, but do I have any Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Holy Grail, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I saw every one of them several times. But there's a scene that I believe you and I need. What we need today is faith for the journey. Because when the Lord says, I'm going to take you someplace, you're going to need faith to follow. So take a second and go back to memory lane and check this out with our hero, Indiana Jones, when it gets crisis, the crisis comes. And you have to have faith for the journey. Jehovah begins with an eye. 
insurance make sure I can get back on right what is really interesting is that while that's dramatic maybe it's not so dramatic when you think about when God comes to Abraham who has never been anywhere outside of his comfortable surroundings in the 12th chapter of Genesis in verses 1 through 5 the Lord comes to Abraham then his name is Abram. And he, he, he does the most incredible thing. He said, I want, Abram, I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your relatives. And I want you to leave your daddy's house. And follow me. In other words, go to a place where I will show you. But because he was hungry for God and he already watched his father's lineage, he already knew that his father was on a journey following the same Jehovah that had come to him. But as I rehearsed last week, Haran, his father Terah decided, I, I'm, I'm good, I'm going to follow God. But when they got in this one reason, one of his sons died, and he decided he got into so much grief, and not that grief is not part of what this journey is about. I will say to every one of us that when you follow Jesus, it does not eliminate pain. It doesn't eliminate tragedy. When you follow him, it doesn't mean that everything, as a little rascal say, Okay, okay, dokie. No, it doesn't mean that. When you follow God, all the things that life brings, you deal with. Tyra couldn't deal. He, he didn't deal very well with tragedy. So when his son died, he stayed there in that city, and in his heart, that was it. 
You know how many people stop following God because life doesn't go the way they think it should go and they blame God for it? You know how many believers are out of the game, on the sidelines, just waiting to die, hoping to go to heaven and not experiencing everything that God has for them. You know how many believers because they misunderstood that when Jesus said, follow me, he did not, and he said, I'm going to give you life and life abundantly. By the way, abundant life still has pain and trouble and trial. Abundant life, you get sore. When you, when you walk and follow Jesus, it, does not, it doesn't move those things out of your life. What happens is whatever you're in the midst of, he's with you and gives you courage and strength to go through whatever you're going through. He helps you to deal with the tragedies, the unforeseen things, the things that cause you to be discouraged. Some people have heard the wrong gospel. The gospel of God does not promise you a painless life. Lord, have mercy. In fact, the gospel does not promise you a life where some of it, you're going to be broke. Look at your neighbor. Are you in that broke place right now? A painless life does not, when you follow Jesus, he doesn't promise you a life without conflict. But he does promise you a life that no matter what you go through, he says it this way, I will never leave you nor will I forsake you, but I will be with you. He promises his presence, he promises his grace, his mercy, and his provision in the midst of wherever we are and gives us strength to go all the way through. In the midst of when he says, follow me, he gives Abraham some interesting promises. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. Why is it that people believe that success means no trouble? <laughs> Tap your neighbor and say, have you lost your mind? <laughs> By the way, if you ever talk to people that, who's, who have, who have um, notoriety and, and, and they, have, they have celebrity status, if you talk to people who are famous, they got problems. Excuse me, if you meet people that are full of resources, they, they're, they're rich and they're overflowing. If you ever meet anybody, if you ever get to know them, you'll understand they got a different set of what? Problems. Jesus knows that. And when he says follow, he told the rich young ruler, he said, if you want to follow me, he said, I want you to sell your riches and I'm going to give it to the poor and then follow me. Now, 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 I don't ever, I don't ever see in the scripture where the Lord asked someone to give up their resources where he does not come back and restore the resources. And he says, 160, 30 fold. He's, he didn't take the deal. All resources perish. But when you're walking with him, you never perish. It's kind of amazing. And he, he extends his hand to everyone, every nation, every people group. He keeps saying, follow me. And he said, I will make your name great. I'm going to make a great nation out of you. I'm going to bless you. And he says, I'm going to bless you so much 
that I'm going to make. How many of you, you, you want to be in the place? That I'm so blessed that now I am a blessing to somebody else. Man, that, that is awesome. And by the way, one of the reasons for God blessing you in this journey is so you can bless somebody else. That's why it was Peter who said, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And he calls us on that journey and he keeps inviting us. Every day you wake up out of your sleep is a gift from God. And when you wake up out of your sleep, it's the same command. Today, follow me. In Genesis chapter 15, after these things, the Bible says, verse 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. And this is what he said. Do not fear. Abram, don't be afraid. And this is an amazing promise. I am your shield. And I am your great reward. In other words, when you follow me, I will be your protection around you. If you choose to follow me, Abraham, I'm going to surround you. I'm going I'm to shield you from whatever wants to harm you. And if you read his story, much came to harm him, but God took him and kept him in the midst of it. I am your shield. And he says, not only will I protect you, I will, re Lord, have mercy. Talk to your neighbor. He said, God is, wants to protect you and God wants to reward you, but you've got to follow him. Tell him what I said. Tell him what I said. He wants to protect you and he wants to reward you, but you've got to follow him. He's emphatic about that. He told one group of people, said, if you're going to follow me, if you would follow me, he said, and this is what I need you to do. First of all, I need you to deny yourself. And then he said, I want you to take up your cross. Lord, I won't talk about this, that this morning, but we'll get to it. Take up your cross and follow me. And if you can't do that, if you won't do that, you can't go where I want to lead you. I wonder how many believers have laid down their cross. And, and made themselves the number one thing in all the world. It's tough to follow Jesus if you are the only number one. It's hard. Now, it, by the way, it's not just hard. It's impossible for you to follow him the way he beckons you. You can't do it if you're all caught up in yourself. If you're caught up in your little world, your little problems, your conflicts, caught up in your pain. In fact, for many of you, the only way out of your pain is to deny yourself and to follow me. By the way, the very thing that paid for the pain you're going through, he said, I want you to pick up your cross and follow me. The Bible makes it very clear that he himself bore, he carried our sins in his body on the cross. Lord, have mercy that we should die to sin and live unto righteousness and by his stripes, by his wounds, we are healed. And he keeps extending his hand and he keeps saying, follow me. Abraham said to God, said, God, you know, I, I want to, and this is amazing to me because when God says, I'm your great, re I'll be your great reward. And then Abraham, he says, uh, well, Lord, look at verse this is, it's in verse 2 of 15. Abraham said, Lord, oh God, what are you, you going to give me? Since I'm childless and I'm the heir 
of my house right now is Eliezer of Damascus, and Eliezer is not even his relative. Eliezer is his servant. But he has nobody else to hand all the things that God blessed him with. By the time you get to verse 15, God is taking him on this journey, and he's gone through several things that have happened to him in his life. He's gone through dangerous, through perilous times. He's gone through a king that wanted to sleep with his wife. He's gone through a nation that was hostile, that, that outnumbered them. God took him through that. By the way, if you're going to follow the Lord Jesus, just get ready for the adventure. Look at your neighbor again and say, if you're going to follow him, get ready for the adventure. And if you don't follow him, you're going to have an adventure anyway. You just ain't going to get no help. Pardon me for the bad English. You ain't going to get no help. Amen. And the Lord said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, since, since um, excuse me, the Lord said to Abraham, since you don't have any offspring, no one is born in your house, then the Lord, the Lord said, behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said, this man that is Eliezer, will not be your heir, but the one who will come forth from your own body, he shall be your heir. In other words, Abram, I know you're, by the way, it's clear later on, it says when he decided to go with God, he was 70 years old. Excuse me, 75 years old. So God waits 75 years to call him. And I don't know if you've thought about it, but God broke into your life when it was the right time. If he's not, he breaks into your life right now. He comes to you just like you are. And he knows what condition you, you, you are in. He knows what you have and what you don't have. He knows the deepest desire of your heart. Isn't it interesting that when God talks to Abram, the deepest desire in his heart, God knew it and knew he was going to ask about it. And God had an answer. Tap your neighbor one more time. Preach for me this morning. Said, God knows what's in your heart and he knows how to answer it. But I must tell you, my beloved brother and sister, you got to follow him if you're going to get it. You got to go with God. And God says, Abram, it's not going to be Eliezer. I'm calling you to follow me. But I, I will, I'm your great reward. I'm, I will shield you, I'll protect you, and I'm going to reward you. And I understand what you want, and what you want is going to come out of your own body, even though you don't know how that's possible at 75 years old. It is amazing to me how what you desire, some of you have, some of you have laid your dreams down. Because it hasn't happened. Here you are, 10 years past the time God started. Some of you, 25 years from the time God talked to you. And it has not appeared yet. Excuse me, just to help you. Help you. Did you know that God calls him at, Lord, at 75? It was 25 years later that the boy showed up in, in Sarah's womb. 
I guess God wanted to make sure that Abraham was good and dead, or she was, before that season. I don't think there's a woman in the building who would think about having a baby at 75. Some of y'all are 40 and you, you're already talking to yourself and calling yourself too late. Lord, help me today. So God says, no, it's not going to be Eliezer. It's going to be from your body. In other words, you and Sarah are going to have a child. Let the people say amen. And then, and then, and then he said, well, he said Lord, can you imagine he, he's hearing God and he wants to follow God and thank God it's a vision and in the, in the vision he's, 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 his logical mind begins to work how is this going to happen God says I need to reinforce your imagination I need to reinforce my word to you because you're going to need that word as I take you on this journey Look at the scripture. The Bible says God took him outside. Are you, are you with me? Verse 5. He took him outside and he said, now look toward heaven. Count the stars if you're able to count them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Lord, have mercy. So every time at night, Every time at night, can you look at the symbolism? When it gets dark and you think it can't happen, he says, when you, when you, at night, look up and, and just remember what I told you. He's getting a picture in his spirit. Oh, my God. My descendants will be like the, like the, 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 the sky that's peppered with stars. Then God said, I need some, this will help you at night when it gets dark. Let me help you about conflicts in the day. So he takes him, he says, he took him outside. He said, he said, look, are you able to count them? Are you able to count them? He said, no, I, I can't. Look what the Bible says. He said, so shall your, your descendants be. Then the Bible says he, he believed. He believed in the Lord. And he, that is God, reckoned him, that's Abram, he reckoned him as righteous. So Abraham was obedient to God because he knew something about the character of God. The work of obedience ignites the reality of our faith for the invisible to become visible. When God promises you, when God invites you, I, listen to me. If God has had his hand on your life and you know God has said follow you, don't lay down your dreams because God said follow you because some religious person told you that you, you can't have God and success at the same time. Don't let any religious person tell you you can't have God and marriage at the same time. Don't let anybody tell you you can't have God and appear in purity at the same time. To let anyone steal from you the dream that you have in your heart. That if you follow God, it means if, you, if you're impure, he will make you pure. That's what his blood does for you. Doesn't ask you to follow him and not take care of you. Tap your neighbor one more time. If, if, if he tells you to follow him, you know he's going to take care of you. You know he's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you. You got, he, 
going to take care of you. If you are his own, you know he protects his own. If you're not his own, you got problems. You got problems. You got problems in spades, and you got problems that you can't solve. So he comes to every single one of us. He extends his hand, and he says, follow me. To follow him, you have to believe him. You can't follow him without faith. Hebrews 11 and 1 says this way, the substance, faith is the substance of things that we hope for. And it's the evidence of things that we don't yet see. The work of obedience ignites the reality of faith. It's, sub, faith is substance. It's, it's the inside knowing before you can experience or touch it. It's what God produces inside of you when you say, okay, Lord, I'll go. When you decide to follow God, you get faith to follow him. Because, because performance is in the obedience. When God says do something, he'll never ask you to do something that he will not equip you to do it. Am I still talking to Metro this morning? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8, verses 11, chapter 11, verses 8 through 11, he says, by faith Abraham, when he was called, when he was called, by faith Abraham, when he was called, he obeyed by going out. Excuse me, pardon me, but beloved, uh, if, if God says, come or come with or follow me, and you stand and you say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, and you're still standing there, you're not following him yet. That we have a problem with believers who have come to the altar and said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, 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 yeah. Remember that song? Yes, Lord. Yes, 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 Lord. Amen. Remember that song? Who gives a rip if you don't do anything he tells you to do? It's one thing for you to say, yes, it's another thing for you to go. This is the challenge of the walk with God. The Bible says, by faith, Abraham, when he obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. He went by going out to a place. He didn't even know the place. He just knew the voice of God. And that's, that's interesting because God knows exactly the place in life, the place in health, the place in marriage. The place in wealth. He knows the place. You don't know, but if you follow him, I promise you, I promise you, as he has promised you, and his promise is greater than mine. If he asks you to go, I, he will keep what you commit to him. And he will perform what he promises. So Hebrews takes the Old Testament and sums it up and said he when he was called, he obeyed by going out to a place which he, which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Do you see that phrase right there? Not knowing where he was going. By faith, he did what? He lived as an alien in a land of promise. I promise you this land, but by the time he gets in the land, he don't own it yet. He owns it by what God said, but in experience, it's it's filled with others that have it. 
So God asked Abraham, you follow me, you believe me, and, and here's what I'm going to do. It's all based on the character of God. So if you don't know God, you can't believe him. If you don't know him that way, then how can you say yes to him saying follow me? But if you know him and you say yes, then he promises what he promises. He will deliver. So Abraham went in that land and he, he dwelt there and God had so many things he took him through. But Abraham had to have faith. Faith is not measured by how you feel, but what you do. Tell your neighbor what I said, please. Faith is not measured by how you feel, but what you do. The Bible calls this walking by faith. It's like what Indy had to do. He said, well, that's what it said, so step out. Everything may not be clear and sure yet. You might not have all the answers, but if you have God and you're going you know, to follow him, he'll make sure everything he promised will come to you. Some of you have given up too soon and you've laid your dreams down too quick. And you've forgotten that the God who promises is the God who gives and he also knows the best timing of that giving. He knows where you are in your life. He knows what season you're in. Is it possible that God is waiting for you to believe? It's possible that God has restricted himself to you believing. And in order for you to receive what God wants, has to bring you to a place where you hear a word that challenges you and say, oh God, I, I, I admit I stopped believing. I stopped following. How do you know when you stop believing? When you quit following, when you wake up in the morning and you don't, and the first voice you hear is not his. You know you've not followed when you can go a whole day and not even care whether his word comes to you or not. You know you're not following when you're going through the motions of your day and you're hoping it works out, but there's no confidence inside of you knowing that God who called me even this, through this day is a God who's working on my behalf. Yeah, it's a challenge. The whole church of Jesus Christ, particularly in North America, is this same message. Follow me. Follow me and I'll lead you. I'll show you exactly how you are to be, where you are to go, what you are to do. How many of you know that God can lead you even on your vacation? Do I have any witness? Raise your hand if you know that. God can lead you even on your vacation, God. You know what the greatest thing, you know what makes our life so different than other, other religions is the God that we serve actually can talk to us and we can talk to him. What makes it different from all other faiths is the God who, who saves us is the God who lives in us. The God who's able to communicate with you. Let the church say amen. So Abraham, for him, it was those two words, you want me to go, I'm going. You know when God speaks crazy things happen. When God speaks, something big is always going to happen when God speaks to your life. 
Gideons. He spoke to Gideon, said, I, I want 300 men to take out the thousands, but you only, but all, 300 is all you get. <laughs> when he spoke to the disciples, he, he said, give me just five fishes and two loaves. We're going to feed the whole 5,000. When, when God speaks, awesome things happen. He said, go. <laughs> this is one of the strangest things. You got to know God, right? So the man can't see. So Jesus spits in the dirt. And mix, mix, <laughs> mix his spit with some, and makes some mud off the dust of the ground with his spit and puts it in the man's eyes. <laughs> the man I already can't see. <laughs> so he, he spits in the ground and he puts it, he puts it, he, he, he puts some mud in his eyes. He said, now go wash your eyes, now go wash your face. Crazy. But when God speaks, what if that guy would have left that mud in his eyes? He could have walked up and said, oh, I got the spit of Jesus. Hallelujah. On my eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, you know, he, he got it real religious, right? This came right from the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's still blind. But he goes and he washes and he can't believe it. He can see but you got to follow what he says. Are you all breathing these days? Bring me some water. Well, Jesus gives a command, I promise you. If you follow his commands, something big gonna happen. Woman, tell him, servant, just bring me some water. Think of, they come with the pictures of water. And no, I don't care, those of you who have a, have a theology problem with this, just deal with it, okay? But, the, but there's wa water's water and wine is wine. The Bible did not say grape juice. Tell your neighbor what I said, it didn't say grape juice. There is a categorical difference between grape juice and wine. Wine is grape juice fermented. <laughs> That's why they call it wine. What is it? <laughs> they're serving wine at the party <laughs> and they run out of wine and Mary said, oh Lord, Lord, they're out of wine. Can you do something? Do something. Jesus, I know you can do something, son. Do something. And so Jesus, oh, woman, oh, uh, go, go get some water. And then the woman said, everything he tell you, everything he tells you to do, go do it. They go dip those big jugs full of water. They bring them back to Jesus. He said, now put them in the pitchers. Now go serve them wine. And they got water in their pitchers. And you know how y'all can get at a wedding. Y'all are not talking to me. And they come to the table, and somewhere between the pouring and hitting the glass, it's wine. Not only is it wine, they say it's the... Now, those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. But those of you who know what I'm talking about, you know what he means. He says, what the best way? Woo! It's like when you say, woo! I mean, you know about the woo. You know? <laughs> oh, so the rest of y'all lying. Ain't nobody ain't raising your hand. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Jeffrey. I appreciate that, bro. You know? When Jesus gives you a command, when he gives you a command, I promise you something big is going to happen the nature of who he is when he gives you a command I promise you something great is going to happen and so he said to Abraham follow me I'm going to make you into thousands I know you just won you and Sarah right now but I'm going to make you into thousands you follow me 
I'm going to make you into five. I'm going to multiply you. You follow me, I'm going to take your life. I'm going to bless every family in all the world. All the families of the earth are going to be blessed. All the people groups of the earth are going to be blessed through you, Abraham. Fatherless Abraham. Dead womb Sarah. The two of you. Because I've called you and because I'm leading you, you your life is going to be a blessing to all the cultures of the world. I wonder if this is the same God that called you. The same God that says, follow me. The same God that wants to, wants to be in your life, wants to be the central voice in your heart. The same God that wants to be that star that, the, that you know, when the, when the wise men came to see Jesus, they were following the star, which leads you right to your destiny. Same thing, God doesn't change it. Metro, we've been walking on, the, some of us, we've been walking on this journey 25, 30 years. Some of us, for almost 40 years, talked to you and never said, and now we just getting started. If God choose, chose to wait, if he chose to wait from the beginning, if he chose to go through all the folks that have come and gone, if he's chosen to wait to this time right now, is his word no less powerful, no less awesome than what he would do with this company of people right here, right now, who make up their mind, Lord, we're going with you for the rest of the journey. Some people quit too soon. Tap your neighbor on the shoulder and say, don't quit too soon. You'll miss the show. I got to quit. It's the journey and it's faith for that journey that God deals with today. But if Abraham would have waited and hung around, he would never have seen what God really had in store for him. Most opportunities have a shelf life. Don't they? You remember when you decided not to invest in Apple stock and at that time, it was $12 a, shop, uh, $12 a share. Here is several years later, and today, I checked it out yesterday, it, it's over $235 a share. Ouch. So if you would have bought yourself 100 shares, Lord, have mercy. If you would have bought yourself 100 shares a few years ago at 12, what, $12? Have mercy. Look at your neighbor and say, you already be Abraham, already, amen. There's a shelf life to opportunities. If God will not move until we obey, when our obedience has been complete, then God will manifest himself. We were talking about it yesterday. In fact, last night, it took him 120 years. He's working on a project for 120 years. He's building an ark at the word of the Lord at a promise which had never been demonstrated in all of time. It's going to rain. Up to that point, it had never rained. And he out <laughs> in the middle of nowhere building this boat that's four football fields long. Can you imagine the people? Boy, what you doing? Can you imagine folks standing around mocking him? <laughs> laughing at him 
He said, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Abraham said, because it's going to rain. Rain? Oh, it ain't. No, oh, oh, it don't rain, Abraham. Just in case you didn't know, it don't rain. We get dew from the ground, but it don't rain. <laughs> but he heard God, and he heard God clear. And by the way, when God calls you on a journey, he'll give you everything you need to make the next step. Tell your neighbor to make the next step. And then when you make the next step, he gives you enough to make the next step. God gives you enough light, enough word, enough instruction to take you to the next increment. You got to trust him day by day. Can you imagine on that day when the, when, the, when, the, when the clouds got, the sky got black with clouds and God broke open the clouds and burst open the water from beneath and the water from above and it started raining? And can you imagine folk running like crazy? And all of a sudden the village idiot is now the smartest man in all the world. Don't you misjudge the time that's passed between where you are and where God wants to take you. In Metro, don't misjudge the, the amount of steps we've taken. My wife was talking to a young man the other day in the restaurant, and he had a, an iPhone, and this guy was in out the kitchen. Ying, 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 ying. He was carrying food. He was cleaning tables. He was cleaning tables. He was carrying food. He was carrying food. He was cleaning tables. He was all over the place. My wife said, do you know how many steps you take a day? He said, no, ma'am. He said, you got an iPhone? He said, yes, ma'am. Bring, bring your iPhone. And he pulled his iPhone out, and, and she showed him how to tap that little heart that shows you all the steps. She, he had taken how many? 18,000 steps. Don't you misjudge. Don't you, don't you miscalculate. You thinking, well, I'd have gone all this far and all this way and ain't nothing happened yet. Have you lost your mind? Don't forget who promised you, who, what promised you, who promised you what. Don't forget who promised you and what he promised you. Don't you forget what that, that if, he, if he's made any promise good, he'll make all his promises good. I'm sorry, but if you're going to clap, clap. If not, don't worry about it, okay? Because really, we, we, you got to deal with this. Because some of you have thought, I'm too old, I'm past my prime. God is the one that determines when your prime is. God told Abraham, I'm calling you at 75, and at 75, you have not even reached your prime. You're not going to have the baby until you're in your 90s. If you don't understand that, it's real simple. If God puts something in your heart that you want and it is righteous and, he, and you're following him, you're going to get everything he promised you. And you know what? He wants you to have a good attitude while you're headed toward it. He wants you to have a right heart as you're walking step by step. Don't look back and count how many you've taken. Look how closer you might be getting. You don't know. It could be tomorrow. It's in God's timing. But one thing you can keep is the assurance that if he promised me, the one who promised me, he will deliver. He will deliver. You need faith for the journey. You need to quit. You need to lay down your Cinderella faith. You're thinking that this life, everything, like, like tip 
towing through the tulips, like what's his name? A crazy boy used to sing that song. Tiptoe through the tulips. You need a tiny Tim, God help us. You need to quit acting like your life is just, you know, you're just skipping and everything, everywhere you go. It's, look, favor that's upon you does not mean favor won't cause people to hate your guts. When we walk this journey with the Lord Jesus this way we've gone, don't assume and don't blame God and talk about, well, I've done everything you told me to do. God is so good, when you, when you told that lie, he still kept the promise. And here we are, and here we go, saints. We started last week talking about it. I, I'm, I'm talking about a two-year initiative. I'm even stretching out there 24 months. Can we walk circumspect before God? Can we walk in a way together before God that God honors every promise that he gave us? You know, one of the major issues is will you do this together? I will tell you that when the ones that Abraham left when he first went out are not the ones he ended up with. Because his nephew Lot started with him on the journey. But as prosperity, because by the way, money will reveal your heart. Tell your neighbor what I said. Money will reveal where your heart is. And, and God, the, the, that's why later on it talks about God making Abraham rich. You can go back to 13th and 14th chapter and you'll see that he had, it was, the increase was so incredible until, until Lot, his nephew, he, all, his, all his people and Abraham, they fighting. Fighting over the water holes, fighting over the grazing grass. Lord, help me. Tell you, neighbor, everybody you started with, you may not end up with. In fact, I can tell you this. There came a place where Abraham said, look, we're relatives. We're going to be fighting each other. We're not going to be fighting each other. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do to stop fighting each other. A, a lot, you look up wherever you want to go. You go and take that place over there, and you'll be fine. Make your choice. Lot looked up and saw the green, greenest green, green. You could tell. <laughs> he, he said, well, you give, you give me that kind of choice? Okay. Okay, uncle. So, <laughs> so he takes the greenest, greenest choice he can possibly make. Excuse me. It was, he wasn't obviously listening to God because God wouldn't have led you to Sodom. That's a whole nother message. When Lot leaves with all of his possessions that he gained in the company of Abraham. When he leaves with all his possessions and all of his relatives, then God shows up to Abraham one more time. He said, I want you to understand what I promised you, I didn't lie to you, it's gonna happen. If you read enough, you'll see in the daytime, look at the sand. Can you count the grains of sand? No, it's impossible. He said, that's what your descendants are going to be like. I already told you about night. 
on a clear night, if you've ever seen a clear night, it's magnificent. And the city lights are no longer involved. You go to the Georgia Hills, and, and you, there are no more city lights, and it's a clear night. It will blow your mind. And the darker it is, the more beautiful the array of stars. You can't judge God too early. So when you make up your mind, I'm going to follow, you got to understand the fact that you say I'm going to follow will attract opposition. But Jesus knows that. Tell you never say, he ain't scared of opposition. He said, I'm going to shield you, Abraham. It's the same, the same he gives to us. I will protect you in all of your ways. When I put forth my sheep, I go before them to make sure that where they're headed, it's okay. You make up your mind about that today because God is waking you up, calling you out, and leading you in a direction where you have never been. Tap the neighbors that you've not been this way before. See, if you had, you wouldn't need you wouldn't have you wouldn't need anybody to lead you. That's why we follow. Pick up your your is, is there a card inside? Pick up your card. Look, if you're gonna re experience a miracle from God. And you got to take a risk. And one of the most difficult types of risk to take is risking the change of the familiar. Because we feel safe when we're in the familiar. But God will lead you in different ways. It's the only way that he's able to reveal himself to you further. One of the challenges that we have, beloved, is that we want God to do something new while we keep doing the same old things. We want God to change our circumstances without us having to change at all. But if we get but if we are asking God for new wine, we'll need a new wine skin. Change is a two-sided coin. You get newness, but you also leave the old. The old is familiar, but the new is fresh. And you need God to help you. James 1.5 says, if you don't have all the wisdom needed, if you don't have all the wisdom needed for this journey, then all you have to do is ask God for it, and God will grant all that you need. He gives lavishly, and he never scolds you for asking. One of the greatest prayers you can ever pray for yourself and your loved ones, God, give me wisdom. Help me to know what to do. And Lord, give me the courage to do it. You know, I started talking to God that way and I said, Lord, I know you want us to minister in, in ways we have not ministered yet to this community. We're not here for no reason at all. And you, you, you said, halt, don't go, stay. So Lord, show me how we're to do it. How do we 
create next generation ministry, which we need so badly to build beyond our years as the word you put in my spirit years ago. How do you build something that lasts beyond you? Lord, how can our facility facilitate a children and adult education? How do we help parents? Lord, you see the crises in families. Not knowing how to be husband, not knowing how to be wife, not really knowing how to be mom and dad. How do we minister to the, to the family? Lord, how do we help people that have been caught in the web of substance abuse? Lord, how do we teach life skills so that, that we can take men and women who don't know you and by imparting life skills, their whole life changed and now they're no longer dependent on a system. They now are productive and reliant upon you. How do we help people find employment that don't believe anybody will hire them? Lord, how do we get people out of apartments paying for years and years of rent and having nothing to show for it after 10 and 15 and 20 years? How do we help people buy homes? How do we set up this property so that it's attractive to people who, 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 who've heard, yeah, hey, if you want to know, if you want to get your life together, go over there. They'll, they'll, they'll show you how to, how to increase your skills. They'll show you how you can get in the house. They'll show you how you can keep your family together. Lord, how do we do it? How do, we, how do we release health and wellness? Helping people with their diet, their exercise, their, their health education, their disease prevention. Lord, how do we take the gospel to the place where people live and see the transforming power of God in their lives? Lord, how do we invite the arts? How do we invite media, arts, entertainment? How do we invite it in so that it can glorify you? How do we take what the world is using to negatively indoctrinate the Lord to causing your, your gospel to be preached in a magnificent and an excellent way? How do we become that city on a hill, that star that everybody's drawn to, that place, oh God, where people know if you go there, something amazing will happen to your life. So Lord, you show me, lead me, and we'll, I'll do it. Hmm. So when we talk about all in, we're talking about a two-year initiative, a journey of discipleship and generosity. I don't know if you've thought about what would happen in your life if all of your tithe and all of your offering were added up with anything over that God wanted you to give, along with any of your stored assets that you got. You know, look at your name and say, people got stuff to tell you, but people got stuff. 
everybody got to, you know, it, it, could, be, it, it could be stocks, bonds, annuities. It, it, Lord have mercy. It could be 401k. In fact, one person I said this, they said, Bishop, you want me to give all my 401k? I said, no, 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 baby. I, no, I want you to pray and talk to God and ask him, what would he have you to give out of your stored assets? What if you took all that for a year times two and took all of that for two years? What kind of seed would that be? What would God do for you if you planted that kind of faithfulness? What would change in your life? When your generosity and your discipleship changes, God will change. And how will it change? Because we simply say, Lord, we'll go on this journey together. And we believe that what you have for us, you'll release it. So I thought, well, maybe one of the things I could do, because, you know, when, when God did for Abram, he said, let me, let me show you what it's going to be like. So he gives him examples. So can I give you just a quick, just a little bitty teeny, teeny, we used to say that word, check this out. Check the, are you ready, Ken? Are we okay? Good, thank you. Check this out. Just a little bit of what we can do together. 